Hi, my name is Jenny Kwong. And I'm Nathan Taylor. Welcome to Earthlink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary on Treaty 7 Lands. What do you have for this month, Nathan? Well, Jenny, for December's episode, I'm going to be having an interview with the Kinkonauts. Michael Harvey and Nicole Zilstra are going to be talking about their annual holiday radio play. And I have an interview with Tash All, international author. His new book is called We the Survivors. He is an award-winning author with previous books, The Harmony Silk Factory and Five Star Billionaire. I interviewed Tash All in October 2019 when he was in Calgary for WordFest. Hi, this is Jenny Kwong. Here is my interview with Tash All, author of the new book, We the Survivors. What is the book about? The book is about a, a very ordinary a Malaysian Chinese man called Ahok, who is just trying to get by in life. He's working very hard, um, and he, you know, he's, he's part of this generation of Asians who have grown up thinking that as long as they work hard, don't ask any questions, um, that life will get better for them, and um, and that they can control every part of their life, except that as he grows older, he finds this isn't true, and he finds that. Um, in contemporary Asia, there are a lot of barriers to achieving financial and material success, um, and that a lot of power and wealth is is already controlled by a small number of people. And so Ahok um, is pushed into a series of bad decisions, which ends up with him uh, killing a Bangladeshi migrant worker. And so this is the story uh, of his life and why he did it and how he did it. There is a popular belief in destiny in Asia. So, can you tell me how it plays out in the novel? Yeah, yeah. Ahok grows up normalizing a lot of hardship and suffering, um, and his mother. You know, every time something terrible happens to them, they they keep and like a lot of people who come from deprived backgrounds, they keep suffering a run of bad luck, and those things are really caused by the fact that they live in an unequal, unjust society. And so, you were talking about the relationship between Ahok and his friend. Kyung. Yeah, uh, Kyung is a uh, is one of his village friends who goes to the city and moves back. He's a kind of a, a, a petty gangster, and um, you know there's a lot of talk about how nourishing in literature recently. There's been a lot of talk about uh, about the ultimately rewarding friendships between women, but the the, the friendships between men are often incredibly toxic, uh, and certainly this one between Ahok and Kyung is. And I wanted to explore how how that played out. Talk about the female characters in the novel. There is um, a hawk's mother. There is the researcher Su Min. There is his wife Jenny, and his co-worker Jasmine. You know, Ahok is is quite a hapless person, and because he is locked into this idea of masculinity, that that means that he can't express certain things. He can't express how he feels. He can't admit. That things are going wrong. He can't even admit that he's lost his job, and he just pretends that he's still going to to work and earning money and everything's normal um, because of his sense of masculinity. Whereas the women around him really are much more resourceful. They um, they fight harder. The system requires them to fight harder. You mentioned a few Hong Kong pop stars in the novel. Does it say anything about your personal taste in music? Yeah, I, I love Hong Kong pop music, and for a lot of people like me who grew up in Malaysia in the eighties, nineties, that's the you know the mainstay of our, our, our pop tastes. 
Throughout the novel, a hawk is addressing the researcher Su Min, but in many ways, you are bringing the reader into the story. Yeah, I, you know, Su Min is really a stand-in for us. We and Su Min are the same person. He addresses you, and I wanted us to be, to feel that sense of being involved in the story, to, re- to feel a sense of, of of being accused of of being. Um, being somehow part of the struggle that Ahok faces, because I think that you know normally people who read are people who have an education, who have access to opportunities that Ahok doesn't have, and so you know the slight unease and the slight guilt that Subin feels when she 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 discovers all the kind of the, the terrible things that have happened to Ahok. I wanted us to be able to feel that too. In your previous novel, Five Star Billionaire, you talk about the alienation of living in a big city. Can you talk more about that? In regards to we, the survivors. Yeah, you know, cities are, are are tough places to live in. I mean, they're ruthless places, you know, especially Asian cities, which have grown so quickly over the last thirty years, and and which have grown therefore in in a slightly haphazard way, uh, without much planning, without much thought as to how um, people and communities might live in a beneficial way. It's a very it's an ultra capitalist, ultra neoliberal system, w- which really rewards only rich people. And so, if, if you don't have that. That economic and cultural capital, and you're like a hawk. You you do get ground down by the system. And so, with um, the uh, those who are um, intellectuals or uh, who are uh, who have um, university backgrounds, they're the ones who take it on themselves to uh, find solutions, like uh, such as Suman is trying to do. But at the same time, what? How will? How can solutions be meaningful for? Working class people. Well, I think you know, um, Subin is part of a very small pe- number of people who who are trying to address this um, because people are trying to address this. But the problem is that the rest of the structure is not interested in equality. That the whole structures of entire countries in Asia are not concerned about about. Achieving equality to, uh, for everyone, there are so many vested interests that actually, you know, it's very difficult to change systems, uh, social systems. Back to Asian pop culture. I grew up in Calgary, and it was partly through Hong Kong television and film that I have gained my linguistic skills in Cantonese. How does uh, it play out in the novel? It's a, a different situation for me because I.、Um, Like Ahok, grew up speaking、uh, Chinese dialects. So I grew up again. KL is a very Cantonese town, so、uh, you know it's cool. We t- if you were going to speak Chinese, generally you spoke Cantonese.、Um, we spoke Mandarin at home,、uh, but of course there's also Malay. So all these this mix of languages.、Uh, Appears in in the novel. Ahok is is Chinese educated. He's actually speaking in in, in Chinese that Subin is translating. So the whole idea of of language is very important in the novel because it, it it's his story, but she's the one who's transcribing and translating it. There seems to be a lack of faith in the social media activism that many people take on, versus what. Needs to be done on the ground. Well, I guess you know a lot of it is seen from Ahok's point of view, and you know from Ahok's point of view, it, 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 people in cit in in cities, you know, savvy young people might might have all these battles on Twitter, but it, it just cannot change his life because you know for him for for his life to change, radical, really radical, systemic solutions have to change,、um, and and. 
those things aren't happening. I, I think you know the, the debates that are being happen that are being had on social media in Asia at the moment are just the very 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 beginnings of some sort of um, serious inquiry as to how we change the system. Social media companies are the ones that tout their tools as something people in so-called third world countries uh, can use to change their lives, but systems are not allowing them to do so. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you have censorship, for example. So you, in lots of Asian countries, you know, what you say and do on social media is is heavily, is is heavily monitored. So this idea that you can say anything and do anything, and there will be on social media, and there will be no recriminations, is is it's very patently not true. It's not true on a very basic level. So you know, if you can't feel free. To express serious things on on social media, then it's ultimately very you know, very quickly, as as it has been the case in many countries in Asia, um, you become a tool for capitalism. Become a tool for materialism. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. That was my interview with international author Tash All about his new book, We the Survivors. It can be found at all major book retailers as well as ordered at local independent bookstores. These include Pages on Kensington and Shelf Life Books. Both are on the CJSW Friends card. Before the interview, Tash Ah talked about a few of the Hong Kong pop stars on his playlist. One is the late Anita Mui. She was a singer and actor. This December will be the 16th anniversary of her passing away. Here is a song from 1990 called "Ti Hai Gu Yan Loi," called "Return" in English, is performed by Anita Moy and is from the Shaw Brothers movie "Twin Bracelets."
Anita Moy with the song Chi Hai Gu Yan Loi. It's called Return in English. It's a song from 1990 uh, and it was on the、uh, soundtrack for Twin Bracelets, a movie by the Shaw Brothers. For my section on this month's episode of Artslink, I'll be speaking with a couple of the Kinkonauts. Yes, Nicole Zilstra and Michael Harvey are putting on their holiday radio play. So, the Kinkonauts in their home base and、uh, the Alexandra Center, right in the heart of Inglewood, are going to be performing,、uh, along with Min- Mandy Morris and her jazz quartet, an improvised holiday radio play. So, here's what it's all about. So, could you tell us about what you have planned for the Christmas show this year? Well, we are doing an improvised radio play、uh, in the style of the radio plays of the 1930s and inspired by many magical Christmas movies that you may have seen. We call our show It's an OK Life Considering, which really should have been the title of It's a Wonderful Life if you really pay close attention. So、uh, we are performing as if we are performing on the radio. So we'll, have, we'll be in costume. We have Live microphones, we have a live studio audience.、Uh, we will be improvising advertisements throughout the show as well. And、uh, yeah, there will be a magical thing that will somehow make everything better. Now, when I was、uh, watching the play last year, I saw your effort at this、uh, last year.、Um, yeah. You had、uh, folks put in their ideas for the advertisements and then you pulled them out of, out of a jar, basically. That's right, yes. Uh, back in the day, they used to have、uh, corporate sponsors, much like we do now.、Uh, so, for our show, we are making up corporate sponsors based on people's suggestions. So, that's part of the fun is that when you come in and buy a ticket at the box office,、uh, you can fill out as many slips of paper as you want and suggest products that we should hawk on the,、uh, on the air live. 
And some of them even include live jingles, as I recall. And I'd like to just now insert a clip from uh, your last year's performance featuring the commercials. Ooh. Now, before we get started with this evening's drama, we have to pay a couple bills. This evening's radio drama is brought to you in part by... Laudanum. <laughs> Have those stressful holiday preparations got you lying awake at night? Do the sound of Santa's reindeer keep you blinking all through the night and unable to get some shut-eye? Why, try juicy and affordable laudanum. Yes, laudanum will set you right to sleep and you'll wake up in 1936. Laudanum, some call it mommy's little helper. Also sponsored in part by antimacassars. Ladies and gentlemen, do you have an older relative who likes to wear a lot of pomade in his hair? Does his greasy do leave your upholstery looking like an oil slick? Well, we have an answer for that. Grandma might laugh and think it old-fashioned, but the smart house lady uses antimacassars. Yes, they're little doilies for the back of your chairs and couches that will soak up all that smelly brill cream. Nothing says Christmas like an antimacassar on your Chesterfield. So, uh, Michael, you worked doing Foley effects for this show. Um, can you just give us an overview of what, what your job was that day? Uh, well, my job is, or was, will be, uh, to, uh, uh, because we don't have, on radio, you don't have that visual piece to paint the picture. So we've got the actors' voices, and we've got music and sound effects to, uh, to, to kind of fill out the world and, and paint that mental picture of what's going on. So my job is to, to provide those, those, those sounds and uh, also to throw in other sounds to kind of make the people improvising figure out what the heck that sound was and how to react to it. Yeah, it seemed like you were, you were able to put them through their paces a little bit by uh, sort of being an, an interloper into their own little world of, of improv. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's 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 part of the 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 uh, give and take of improv. It makes it more fun for me if I can uh, throw some offers at them to go. Hey, here's a different sound. Well, how does that fit into the story? I must say, the idea of using the radio station, you'd be able to do a unique performance every single year, just because of all the tropes and all the stuff that is uh, packed into the history of that very you know 1930s feeling of those old radio shows. Oh, exactly. We're hoping to run this from here to the end of time, for sure, every Christmas, every holiday season. And I'm glad you brought up the band because we love them very much. Uh, it's Mandy Morris and her jazz quartet. And we met Mandy originally uh, through doing a children's show together. So her, her, uh, she has a project called Music with Mandy that does jazz with kids. And we uh, did shows with her for what is now becoming the Create Kids Festival yearly, the new children's festival here in Calgary. And so that's how we met Mandy. And we, when we came up with this idea for the improvised radio play for the holidays, we wanted to make it extra special. So what makes it more extra special than having live jazz music doing classic 
uh, holiday traditional holiday tunes that you'll you can that you'll recall. So it just makes the whole thing that much more festive and special and different from uh, a lot of our other shows. And this is the second year that you're doing this, is that right? Yes. So to talk about the Foley effects, like I've always been really interested in how we get these unusual sounds from often very low tech or sometimes pretty unusually devised equipment. Uh, But um, in talking to you, I'm realizing that actually Foley is a little bit of a misnomer of an umbrella word, isn't it? Um, Yeah, well, the term itself actually comes from the um, uh, motion picture end of it when they started providing sound for a movie and film and the, the... the the person that's credited with developing a lot of those techniques, his last name was Foley. And I think it's John Foley, but I can't remember his first name right now. John Q. Foley, yes. And uh, when we're talking about this, just for people that don't know, that's uh, like an example would be like a fire is is crinkling cellophane, that sort of thing. Can you give some other examples of what you would be, uh, what people would be able to see being used live uh, at the performance? Um, uh, There's some great ones. One of my favorites is... uh, just boxes of cornstarch wrapped in uh, tape to, and that they're squeezed, and that gives you the sound of like footsteps in the snow, that kind of crunchy sound you get when you're walking through the snow on a cold day. Can you tell us about the wind machine? How, what does that look like? How does it work? And that was cool. That, that's another one of my favorites, too, is uh, uh, that, that distinctive sound that uh, I always associated with the old radio serials of Superman when he was flying and you'd get that little whooshing wind sound. And that's actually created by the friction of a canvas on a, a wooden uh, drum with slats going across. So the friction between the canvas and the slat, then you hand crank the drum around and it creates that wind sound. And as I recall, you know, that's where the characters would be commenting on how, you know, bloody cold it is and stuff like that. And it really <laughs> is a, a good effect. Yeah, and you combine that with like the crunching of the the, the snow, uh, the cornstarch snow, and the wind blowing, and you can paint quite the the picture. I'm curious. Uh, did you folks, you know, kind of go and research what some of these foley effects look like in order to make them, um, or did, did you like kind of did you also kind of try and come up with some of your own based on the need? Um, I did a bit of both. I did a lot of research into what uh, were used classically, like that. Wind machine is based on designs from the the twenties, um, but then the other thing I was doing is everywhere I went and everywhere I go now, if I'm in a dollar store or a thrift store or somewhere, I'm poking and prodding and shaking things and seeing what kind of sounds everything makes and going, oh, we're gonna add that to my table and this is cool. We did a, a, a War of the World radio play at the beginning of October. And Michael brought in this amazing, like, plastic pail with a slinky attached to it. And it sounded exactly like being shot by lasers by uh, aliens. <laughs> cool. I wonder if uh, you can fit that into a Christmas setting, possibly. Maybe we can get a taste of that. <laughs> There's nothing that says there can't be aliens in a classic 20s Christmas story. Or laser guns. <laughs> well, uh, I'd like to ask about the Kinkonuts now, just generally. Because um, you folks have been around for a while. You, you have this great... Um, place to, to put on performances in Inglewood. And uh, I'd like to ask you some specific questions about Kinkonauts, but uh, can you just tell us about you folks in general? We specialize in long-form improv. We're Calgary's Improv Lab, and we've been around for about a dozen years now. And we've gone from an organization that started off with four people uh, to an organization that encompasses about 60 active performing members. 
which include uh, many different teams under the Kinkanaut label. So, for instance, if we were uh, talking about music, Kinkanauts would be like the record label and all the troops underneath it would be the bands that were signed to the label. So we have all these different uh, really amazing troops that do really interesting um, long-form improv shows under our banner. And if someone wanted to get involved, uh, I was kind of curious about this because improv really is for everyone. And uh, um, I want to ask you about, you know, getting getting involved in improv, even if you don't think it's, or even if you really don't think it's going to be your bag. But um, uh, can you talk about this from a place of, you know, like uh, Toastmasters or people that are maybe a little bit bashful and they'd like to uh, sort of do better in interpersonal relationships, stuff like that? For sure, for sure. Uh, there's two things, I think, that, uh, would appeal to people or that actually do appeal to people. One is the Accelerator Lab that Michael runs, which is our Saturday afternoon drop-in from 1 to 3. You can come and for five, uh, five bucks, Michael, it's still five bucks. It's five bucks. It's the best deal in town. Uh, you get professional training <laughs> for two hours uh, with anyone who drops in, and we have total beginners as well as experienced players who come back every every week and they all mix. It's a, it's a really, really popular way to sort of uh, dip your toe in and see if it's something that you want to learn more about. We also teach classes, and our level one classes are exactly for anyone who's ever just wanted to get out of their comfort zone and has heard about improv and wants to see what it's about. Come on down. Level one is for everyone. And uh, we also do corporate offerings. So someone like me might come into your business and work with your team to work at becoming better listeners and better communicators with your team and learn to handle risk and uncertainty and even failure with grace. That's one of the things uh, that I think is really amazing about improv is that it's meditative. It makes it forces you to be really present and it really forces you to listen. Otherwise, nothing happens. And I think the same rules that we practice in improv to make us better improvisers are all the same rules that I try to use as often as I can in my real life to make me a better person at work and at home with my friends with everyone i'm a huge improv proselytizer so there's all kinds of ways to get involved and improv is 100 for everyone okay cool. we could say yeah shows every friday and saturday night the saturday night shows are our tried and true tested crowd pleasers and friday nights are our experimental shows people trying out new formats and trying different things and cage matches and all kinds of weird and exciting underground things could you describe what an improv cage match looks like <laughs> Two improvisers enter, only one lead. One lead. <laughs> so, Michael, you take that one. Um, well, a cage match is basically two uh, teams that have come together to, to try out a new format, and they, they, they go in front of the, an audience in our lab space to, um, to try to win audience favor, and the audience votes on which teams win and which ones lose. And the winning team gets to survive to go another day, and the losing team are never seen again. <laughs> no, they're they're um, they can uh, keep trying, but uh, they're put on a boat and set out to sea, where we shoot fiery arrows at them. No, 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 no. Improv is no, super no. inclusive. I don't want to give the wrong impression. <laughs> yeah, there's a yes and. That's the big improv thing, right? Exactly. Which some people misunderstand. Yes, and doesn't just mean accepting offers and saying yes to things. It also means contributing. Everyone is responsible to be an active contributor. You have to agree. You have to yes, but the other part is you have to and. 
You have to add something. That's why it's a collaborative art form. We are <laughs> living in Calgary, which is considered, I guess, I've been told it's the home of theater sports because of Keith Johnston. Um, That's right. Is, is Calgary really like um, historically the center place where this was actually developed? This is only what I've heard. Well, improv comes from all kinds of places, but what Calgary is most, I suppose, famous for in the improv community, yes, is for Keith Johnstone and theater sports and the Loose Moose, which developed improv as kind of a, um, you know, a competitive, semi-competitive game-playing format to make it more like sports, to get people who were maybe interested in sports to get interested in the arts as well. <laughs> but uh, there are all kinds of different again, improv in the world. And we love short form and we do some of it ourselves, especially for our corporate offerings. But our specialty is long form, which is telling longer and more interconnected stories. So someone once explained it that short form is like explicitly uh, games that have stories attached and long form is stories that have, that have games embedded in them. So they're, the, they're different sides of the same coin. That was my conversation with Kinkonauts, Nicole Zilstra and Michael Harvey. The holiday radio play will be taking place on December 14th at the Alexandra Center, which is located at 922 9th Ave Southeast, right in Inglewood. It features Mandy Morris and her jazz quartet, suggestions from you, the audience, and a whole bunch of improv fun. I was there last uh, year, and I recommend it. Uh, Kinkonauts.com is where you can find the information about all the events. Uh, the tickets are 15 bucks each, but students can take advantage of the two-for-one deal. Also, be sure to check out kinkonauts.com because by the time you hear our voice talking about this, uh, there's going to be between now and December 14th uh, other things that you can do at the Kinkonauts, uh, including weekend uh, free-for-alls and other interesting products. That's it for ArtsLink this month. We'll talk to you folks again in the new season.